0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Oh, I've got your crumpets, charnel This is really disappointing. Well, so we were sent some beautiful handmade crumpets. Mm-hmm. Kirsten, can you remember the, I know they were called posh crumpets.
1: Posh crumpets, and her name was Emma,
0: Emma Jennings. That's it, divine, legend. And so we divided them into three, and I took because she said you could freeze them because it was just as you were going to Tokyo Chanel. So I've got your ones in my freezer, and you can have them next time we're able to see each other. Oh, I'll still eat them. They are delicious. Yeah, they're good. Very, very good. Oh. Um, and I have something else now. This is terrible because I didn't realise I still had this. Do you remember long, 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 long ago, a lovely listener by the name of Tanya offered to make us. Must have been right at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> make us handmade masks, and we each chose a particular fabric. I remember.
2: Yes, I do remember this.
0: Because Chanel, yeah. you chose the poor print ones. I thought that I had given them to you, and I was in my cupboard the other day. I went, oh, okay. Those must be so. Who had? I've got. The, I've got them here, and I haven't given them. So yours had Paul prints, Chanel. I'll keep yes. that aside for you. There's one with dog bones on. There's one with actual dogs on it, which I have so a feeling was me.
1: And there's one with. What are they? Kirsten, I think the. Are they chicken? No, it's a sausage dog. A sausage dog. <laughs> well, no, because I remember them, which these ones coming new. through. So they sent them to work and then I took two out because she gave me the two. So And then I gave you that to give to oh, Chanel. I so you've got i I've once. got my two. Mine have elephant print and um, oh. Oh, another, another print on it. But they're really good. Righto. Okay. So these must be
0: two for me and two for you, Chanel. So next time you're over, if you remember, can you please tell me that I have to give you the masks? I'm making teeth. Crumpets, masks. That sounds awful. <laughs> I'm
2: making tea. I'm making tea. So to can make tea, right? <laughs> Let me tell you what I have Is that
0: a, like a euphemism <laughs> for going to the toilet? Because no, that's what it so sounds like. We know about your they um, give
2: you, autoimmune you. They give you 25 bottles of water, right? Hmm. I think it's more than that. Maybe. Anyway, they give you a shitload of water. And basically, I feel weird... Putting water from the bathroom into the kettle, so I just use the bottled water and I pour it into the kettle, and yeah, that's the okay. sound you were hearing. You sickos, thinking right. that I'm doing weird things on the on the pod. No while worries, I'm with you.
0: tiddles.
2: No, Ooh. that's what it is. I swear.
0: Have you watched Hacks? Oh no, you probably haven't got Stan.
2: I do. Like I've got it. everything. I've got all the streaming. I've got oh. all everything. Hacks Ooh. is quite good.
0: What's that about? It's um, she's a stand-up comedian, but she's getting on a bit, and the act is a bit tired in Las Vegas. And there's a young comedy writer who's been cast aside because apparently she tweeted something that everyone hated, (laughs) and and so and they (laughs) get they get thrown together to work together, and so they're like an odd couple, but it's good. And also, I've been listening to I think it's called Lost in Alaska. Okay. A podcast. Remember I told you about the missing on 9-11 one, which still yes, hasn't got to its I've end?
2: Yes, been, I've been listening to that.
0: Well, it's the same guy, but he did one a few years ago in Alaska where these two senators went missing. Um, mm-hmm. The senators or like, you know, politicians went missing on a plane that crashed and he's uh, missing in Alaska, that one's called. Yeah, that's quite good.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. All right. You got a story for us or are you still brewing?
2: No, I'm still making tea. Okay.
0: Uh, Sorry.
2: Kirsten, got I normally in... wouldn't take you to the tea making process. We would do this off pod, but seeing as everything I do happens in the same room, you're with me for everything. Yeah, we right. feel
1: right there. Shall i do personal. It's like Shall an ASMR, ASMR <laughs> episode. at the beginning
2: <laughs> while Chanel's
0: getting herself organized. Do you want a feedback to start with? Go on. Yeah, sure. This one's from Kai. Uh, hello, Chanel, Dee, and Kirsten, you fabulous ladies. Hey. Oh, stop it. Mm, Come stop on. Stop Nice things, nice things. She actually says that. I only just discovered your podcast recently. I know. What a loser. Not my words, Kai's words. Uh, I have lying. severe yeah. OCD, and after listening to lots of back episodes, I have become very familiar with Chanel's voice. And every time I hear her on the news, I have yes. the compulsion to run <laughs> to the TV and check that it is indeed Chanel. Yes,
2: it's me. A serious version. I
0: have the same thing when I hear your voice on the TV, but I have a compulsion to run to the TV and kiss it.
2: Oh, I'll I'll allow that.
0: I have not laid eyes upon a dead body, but I do have a recent story that fits the genre.
2: Okay.
0: A house with its foot in Melbourne – True crime. His, oh, oh, has its foot in Melbourne's true crime history. Came on the market. I attended the open house as a Trojan horse. I wanted to see. If the, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if the real estate agent would disclose to me brackets they have to, the fact that a murder had occurred at the site. Yes. I also oh. knew a serial killer had once called this place home. The house was valued around $1.5 I was well out I of my love, class.
2: I love this kind of trolling. Yeah. Like, it's good. Go on there just to see if the real estate agent will do their job. Yeah. And you're harboring a secret. And you I'm know they know.
0: Dying to know if they do or not. Uh, I hadn't even dressed for the occasion. I wore coffee-stained white shirt and my right Fine. shoe was missing its tongue. How does that happen? <laughs> How do you lose the tongue out of your shoe? What the hell? Um, I struck up a conversation with the agent, spinning some bullshit story that my parents were moving down from Queensland and they wanted me to come check the property out. I love yeah, it.
2: Good cover. Good cover. Yeah.
0: Uh, I then asked the question I already knew the answer to. I said, um, "I said, no one died here or anything like that." <laughs> he replied in the negative. Ba, ba, ba. What? Stunned that he didn't tell me. I looked around at all the hopeful buyers cruising its historic hallway with no idea about its dark past. Should I have said something? Was it my place to? Ooh, there's a question. Ooh.
2: You'd have to be 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I go to make outlandish statements, I get nervous in the last second <laughs> and I have to double check that I'm right because, you know, you don't want to be like... Oh, yep,
0: we have evidence of that house. remember the snake and you said it's as long as my arm and you went to the mirror and just double checked how long <laughs> your arm was correct, yep.
2: I always double
0: check I get very nervous <laughs> uh, Kai says me and my mate started a true crime YouTube channel called Mysterious Melbourne in my mm-hmm. research I found a case you might be interested in, especially Chanel as it takes place at Christmas
2: Kai's been paying attention about how much you love Christmas I love Christmas I'm going to look up this YouTube channel while we're chatting In
0: 1949, the disemboweled body of William Stewart was found in a basement room of Gordon House in Melbourne Oh, what is this? Uh, It was described as one of the most gruesome murders in the history of Victorian crime I also uncovered other strange deaths at Gordon House over the years It might make a great future ep of dead bodies All the best, Kai Thank you, Kai Did a quick Google and on the 24th of December 1950, a 53-year-old man named William William Stewart was found dead in a basement room that had been rented by another man known as Carlson. The body was laying face down in the centre of the room. His right leg and arm had been cut off and his head was almost decapitated. A large cross had been carved in his chest. There was also a lot of vomit, which suggested that whoever tried to dispose of the body couldn't handle it. Ugh. Carlson admitted that he had started to cut up the body with a table knife. He was found to be suffering from religious mania and was committed to the Kew Lunatic Asylum at the governor's pleasure. Wowee.
2: Let's oh yeah, I can see his YouTube channel. That looks quite good actually. Is
0: Kai, a girl or a boy? Oh no, I feel terrible now. I don't know. K A I. That's is that a, boy that's a, or a girl's name? Chick, I think. Feels chicky to me, but I don't know. doesn't matter. Doesn't fluid, matter. Fluid Kai, you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Got a story for us, Shana?
2: Yes. Sorry. I'm back. I'm no longer at the tea-making station, which is just a stone throw away in this room. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am ready. So you might know this story because it happened a while ago, but had a recent uh, development, I guess, but we'll go through it. And then at any point, you just tell me if you know it. So it's the story of Lisa Montgomery, Uh, She was born in Melvin, Kansas, and her mother had an alcohol addiction when she was born, and she was born with permanent brain damage. She had a really awful upbringing. She was physically and emotionally abused as a child, and she was also, this is terrible, she was raped by her stepfather and his friends at the age of 11. Oh, God. Yeah, really terrible. She began abusing alcohol herself, and when her mother found out about the abuse at her stepfather's hands, her reaction was to threaten Lisa with a gun. Um, she what? yeah, yeah hmm. didn't want to know about it. Wow. She escaped her family by getting married at the age of eighteen, but that resulted in further abuse. And the person that she married was actually her stepbrother, um and she ended up having four children with him in five years. She had Hang on,
0: with her stepbrother,
2: yeah, okay. Um, no, she not had, okay, but yeah. I know it's re- it's very, very sad, but just stay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she had tubal litigation in 1990, which is basically getting your tubes tied. Um, but I don't know if that was at, by her choice or if it was, can they do that in the States where they, they make you have your tubes oh, tied just, because you're not capable. I just want
0: to, I hate doing this, but this is the mm. sort of thing I do all the time. Is it, Isn't it ligation, not litigation?
2: I don't know. Did I say litigation? Yeah. Litigation is the legal term.
0: That's right.
2: Yes. Ligation. Yeah. No, I don't know if it is because.
0: Well, hang on. What's the deal with Britney Spears? She's got a contraceptive in her against her wishes. So maybe they can do things like that without people's permission.
2: Tubal. No, you're right. It's tubal ligation. Mm. This is why you're here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: unless, unless on some, it was slightly possible that her fallopian tubes were taking her ovaries to court for some reason. <laughs> the, but Look, very slim chance of that happening.
2: That's very true. But I'm just looking up because it's obvious. I don't know if it was her choice or if it was. um I have a feeling it wasn't her choice. <laughs>
0: Maybe you can. I mean, well, I'm not kidding about Brittany. I mean, that's not her choice to have. I yeah. think she's got a contraceptive device in. She does. Yeah, yeah she does. Against her wish. So it, but that's like chemically castrating someone, isn't it? Yeah. That's, oh,
2: gosh. Maybe the courts well,
0: can order it. I don't know.
2: Well, after she had it, she kept claiming over and over again that she was pregnant, even though she wasn't. That's important to remember here. Okay. In 2004, at the age of 36, Lisa um, became familiar with a woman called Bobby Joe Stinnett, um, and they started chatting online, and they were talking about their shared love of dogs. They chatted for weeks online in this forum about terrier breeds in this group that they called Ratter Chatter, because apparently they're called Rat Terrier Breeders. Don't yeah. know why the word rat is in there, but anyway... Okay, so it was in these online discussions that Lisa told Bobby Joe that she was pregnant, and then Bobby Joe said she was also pregnant, and they started chatting about pregnancy and telling pregnancy stories together. So in December 2004, Lisa drove 281 kilometres from her home in Kansas to Skidmore, where she booked an appointment to look at some of the puppies that were owned by Bobby Joe, but Bobby Joe wasn't expecting Lisa. What had happened was Lisa had created an online fake profile under the name of Darlene Fisher, and she had begun having separate conversations with Bobby Joe about buying dogs. So she's having the normal conversations where she's pretending to be her and she's, well, she's not pretending to be her, but she's herself, but pretending to be pregnant. And then she started side messaging Bobby Joe, pretending to be Darlene Fisher. When she got to the home, she fought Bobby Joe immediately, overpowering her and strangling her with a piece of rope. She then cut open Bobby Joe's stomach <gasps> and pulled out her unborn child oh, and no. fled. Do we yeah. know how many weeks the child was? Um, I could, I don't know, but. Bobby Jo was newly married and this was her first child. Oh. Um, Bobby Jo was discovered by her mother, Becky Harper. She was lying in a pool of blood approximately one hour after her murder. Harper immediately called the police and described the wounds inflicted upon her daughter as appearing as if her stomach had exploded. Paramedics were unsuccessful in their attempts to revive Bobby Joe, and she was pronounced dead on arrival at hospital in Maryville. Uh, Lisa called her husband after, Kevin, that same day around 5.15, saying that on a shopping trip, she'd gone into labour and given birth. Investigators are obviously all over this by this point and they realise that Darlene Fisher did not actually exist and they tracked down Lisa the next day using emails and IP addresses they found on Bobby Joe's computer and they found her cradling a newborn girl she claimed to have given birth to the previous day. Her story quickly fell apart and she confessed to the killing. Montgomery was charged with the federal offence of kidnapping resulting in death Mm -hmm. which is because i i don't even know how they would go about charging her it's it's such an obscure crime um at a pre-trial hearing her um lawyers testified that she had head injuries years before that damaged her part of the her brain that controls aggression they also said that she had this specific mental condition that causes women to falsely believe that they're pregnant and to exhibit signs of pregnancy. Oh, I've always wondered about that.
0: There's a, I haven't got the terry bell to interrupt, but they, there's like a thing called a phantom pregnancy, isn't there? Yes. I think yes. when they have that, they actually like have the sore breasts, swollen breasts and they actually get physical yes. symptoms. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes, exactly right. And I think that's what was happening to her. And she was definitely acting like she was pregnant. But do you, I don't know. They obviously pretend to look pregnant as well, right?
0: Well, she must have done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing that I will say here is that the baby did survive. Wow. Mm. So Victoria Jo did survive and st- Still lives in the area where the murder happened. She still lives in Skidmore. Oh, oh.
0: Kirsten and I both our mouths <laughs> are really, hanging open. Whoa. We just made eye contact. That's so incredible. Just...
2: Yeah. What? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like I'm well done to the paramedics or whoever mm. came and grabbed the baby and the doctors and nurses. who so,
2: that's amazing. It is incredible yeah.
0: at what age babies can survive out of outside of the womb.
2: Yeah. It's Gosh. it's crazy. So um, where was I? So uh, Lisa's lawyers argued that because of all the abuse that she suffered right from the get-go of being born, that she had just so many psychological issues that she just should not face the death penalty because she was severely disadvantaged from the start of her life. And it was impossible for her to actually comprehend the crime she had committed. But there were also groups who said she would planned it she'd set it up she created the fake account the cover story she you know knew exactly what she was doing and to cut a baby from a womb from a womb is is quite Planned, like yeah. it's quite deliberate. Yes, you know. Yeah. Um, so it really divided a lot of communities. Uh, Megan Mount Morrow, who was a high school classmate of Bobby Joe, said Bobby deserves um, to be here today. Bobby's family deserves her, and Lisa deserves to pay. So she was uh, tried and put to. Th- I guess, to have a death sentence, but remained on death row for a really, really long time. Fast forward to Donald Trump, and I don't know if you remember, but towards the end of his presidency, he started putting in place all the people that were on death row. He started executing people. Do you remember that?
0: I remember him pardoning people, but I I don't, don't remember the executions.
2: Yeah, so he was doing both. He was pardoning some people and putting some people to death pretty much. And so I think I'm just trying to look for the number, but there was about, I think, 150 people. And there was all these, like, there was a mad flurry of legal action, people trying to save people on death row, because all of a sudden these executions were just going through. But um, people, once they heard about what Lisa had done, the growing voices of people that wanted her executed just grew and grew and grew. Skidmore only has 250 people that live there and obviously they, everyone there knew this family. So they knew the family and they were very vocal as well about what had happened. So in the early hours of Wednesday, January 13th, of this year, Mm -hmm. Lisa Montgomery became the 11th person to be executed in a series of people put to death by the Trump administration. She was the only woman on death row and the first woman to be put to death since
1: 1953.
2: But it did spark a lot of outcry because people were really divided about how mentally unwell she was how much abuse she'd suffered and then being put to death for a crime. And then you've got other people who had the reaction that you both did about her crime itself.
0: Uh, the crime is horrendous, but I just still, I, I don't know. I, I can't come at the death penalty. I just, I don't see how killing is better than the killing that they did. You're killing a human yeah. being. I just can't condone killing of anyone, no matter how bad they are. I'd rather they suffer in jail. Mm. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a, quite. Oh, gosh. That's a horrendous story. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, though? Like just the whole thing, how she thought she was just chatting to this lovely person online about dogs next minute. Yeah. She's being attacked and having her baby ripped out of her.
0: Just shows you can't trust. Can you? On, I mean, you can't I mean, trust online. No say one. that. Oh, don't trust online. But you, honestly, you can't. You don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. I'm suspicious of everyone. Um,
2: and there is information that says that um, the baby was released from the hospital the night before her mum's funeral. Um, she was given back to her dad, who raised her with the support of Bobby Joe's family, and they try to protect her privacy as much as possible, even today.
0: Which is, I mean, and you haven't used uh, her name, so hopefully, you know, most no. people wouldn't know what it, you know what had happened in her life before then.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Wowzers. Gosh, yeah, I, I wasn't aware that he did I, – I knew he was, like, sprinkling pardons out, like, with a salt and pepper shaker yeah. before he li- uh, left the office. Yeah. But I didn't know that he was um, uh, also sentencing people to death. I would not want to be the person making that decision, no. saying, right, you can die. Ugh. Oh.
2: So, Mm. it says, I just looked it up quickly, it looks like he executed 13 people. The Trump administration early on Saturday carried out its 13th federal execution since July. This has been written in January. It's not like America wasn't losing enough people anyway. Yeah, Mm. an unprecedented run that concluded just five days before the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. Hmm. An opponent of the federal death penalty. So, yeah, in those final days. And that's from Associated Press.
0: Gosh. Yeah. Not (laughs) clucking.net. Just (laughs) just googling and getting information. Can we, just while
2: we come off the back of that horrific story, can you give us a chicken update? Uh, the chickens are doing great. We're getting about four
0: eggs a day at the moment, which is fantastic. What? Kirsten's yes. had some. Kirsten's I finished my them. last one
1: today. It was oh, beautiful. Oh, I should have brought you some No, more. do you reckon they I've taste different? So do they
2: taste different?
1: No, do you know, they just, I don't know if they taste different, but they look better. Like yeah. they, They're they really okay. colourful, Like as in like yolky, yeah. vibrant. We okay. sprinkle
0: a few red lentils in. So I give them a handful of um, things to eat before I Go, go to work in the morning or about 10 o'clock in the morning. I um, So there's oats and there's some horrible things in there. There's mealworms, dried mealworms. That's disgusting. Mm. Um, I try to pretend they're not there. There's red lentils in there and all sorts of different seeds and hemp seeds and stuff. But I think the red lentils is part of the reason. The yolks, if I use if you use those chicken eggs in a cake or in something, it goes bright yellow. <laughs> like the yolks are oh. really bright. It's just, and so you feel as though somehow they're better. But I'd I, yeah, I'm like you, Kirsten. I don't really mm. notice a difference with the yeah. taste.
1: I think I put so much salt and pepper on my eggs that you've got to have salt on eggs. Got to, I, yeah. But you it's
0: do. Not, and so I do some hard boiled ones. Leave mm. them in the fridge. We're kind of they're kind of laying enough that we use them, and there's the occasional okay. half a dozen we can give away to somebody. But um, yep. it's just does it,
2: and does it does the will it always be for a day? Or does it get more as the chickens get older? There's a
0: bit of a problem because there are five chickens and one of them we think is not Lang. Well, Kieran's convinced he knows which one it is. There's one of of the twins, Mary-Kate and Ashley. One of them's a little bit shy. She hangs to the back. Betty's greedy. She pushes Mm -hmm. in, pecks at your legs. What have you got for me? And the Mary-Kate or Ashley, whichever one, hangs back. And someone has been. So at night they are locked up in their little coopy thing, their little like cubby house and they've got a perch it's like and they sit up on that they sleep like why would you sleep on a bar you know there's this comfortable thing in there oh okay
2: i hate hate to say this but i'm back on cluckin.net and they have a section about why is my hen not laying eggs because cluckin.net knows everything about and it says chickens stop laying eggs for many reasons but the most common is decreasing day length
0: no, she hasn't actually oh. started like, well, hang on, listen to what's you happened. You've just, wrong, totally, yeah, debunked wrong.
2: that
1: entire Well, yeah, at website. the
0: same time, uh, Kira and I have both joined, I forgot what they're called, it's like a Victorian backyard poultry group. On Facebook. And yes, yeah. and you can put, but I make him put the questions on so other people don't know it's me, because it's come <laughs> up as DD Dee, dee do so I make him do it, and yeah. so he put this up on there, and the people replied and said, because um, they're just backyard chicken keepers like we are and they said that she's maybe just a bit young so what what's happening is where they perch at night in the morning there's always poo underneath and he's got like this sort of tray with sand on it underneath where they perch so he can easily clean up the poop but there's been a couple of like a yoke just so so someone shat out a yoke oh. in the, middle of the night. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Uh, Yeah.
0: And it's kind of odd, but so we think she just hasn't quite – her body hasn't quite figured out how to – How to make a shell. Build the shell around it. Yeah. There's been also a couple that have got a really soft – a shell that's almost not a shell. So she hasn't quite – figured out and to be honest I don't care if she doesn't ever lay one like they're fun to have just for the when they bend over their bottoms are like it's like they're wearing fluffy underpants it's the best thing and they bend over to peck at the ground because we let them free range all day and they're just these fluffy bottoms
2: it's so wonderful it's just makes me happy you know in Japan when they do a hard-boiled egg it's not actually hard-boiled I've I worked out so it's like it's still a bit. The white is still a bit clear. No, yuck! Ew, I couldn't eat it. Yeah. I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't eat it. I, every time I was like, mm. no, nah, mm. I, I will not eat that. I, I feel
0: not. like there's microbes and stuff in. I don't know. I know people have raw eggs in their, you know, power drinks or whatever they do, or maybe Ugh. that was just in the eighties. But Ooh. no, thank you. No, I like nah. them cooked. Um, I've got a fun one, if that is possible. It's not sure. fun with a dead body, sure. but a bit of a – right. when it's in ye olde world, no one can come at me over it, so here we go. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Martin von, Van Butchel was born in Britain in 1736, and his father was a tapestry maker to George II.
2: Okay.
0: Well, I honestly didn't know there was that greater demand for tapestry that you could be, like, not only a tapestry maker as a, for your living – and yeah. be specific the, that the king needed to have one for himself. But anyway, there you are. Uh, so Martin Van Butchel he trained as a surgeon. Actually, the reason it's important that Dad was a tapestry maker. Hang on, I have to tell you what's happening. Kirsten's eating, but she's trying to do it really sneakily. She keeps turning her Just, mic on and off. Mm.
2: What yeah, are you, you eating? Turn it off. It's a banana. She's
0: having a banana. We had this whole debate the other day about when you eat a banana, do you yeah. peel it completely
2: and eat it? No. Nah, no, I don't think you do. I nah. think you do. You peel it a bit, break it in half, yes. you eat the half, and then you eat the other
1: half. Oh, you break. Out the no, head. I'm just biting into it at the moment and trying oh. not to make eye contact with you Diane. Look,
0: <laughs> but then you look
1: like a monkey when you're doing that because that's what monkeys look like. <laughs> yes.
0: And the dangly bits of the skin sort of hit against your wrist and that feels creepy.
1: But then I break off the end, like I pull out the end so that I'm not like, you know, just putting my mouth Pop the last bit straight so to peel. You, yeah. you don't get that little black bit. At yeah. The yeah, I don't like that bit. And do bananas to you have
0: a top and a bottom or is it just free for all?
1: Yeah. No, what do the you mean? top bit's the bit that you peel, you know, that little.
2: Um, yeah. It's like a little. What do you mean, lid? do they have a top or a
1: bottom? Of course yeah. they do. That
2: is the most, one of the most outrageous questions I've ever heard. Hmm. Especially, yeah, what? Okay. Uh, the reason what, we. Does an apple have a top and a bottom? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: because it's <laughs> hanging off the tree from the top. All
2: fruit has a top and
0: a bottom. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I'm trying to think <laughs> one that doesn't just to put it to you as a question, but I can't think of the a single The only one fruit. that you
2: could basically oh, that you could maybe say is an orange, but even an orange no, not the can,
0: bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little navel at the top of belly yeah. button yeah. <laughs> where it's attached <laughs> yeah. to the tree. Um, yeah. The reason I mentioned that his father was a tapestry maker, because it seems yeah. irrelevant, is that just to give you this idea that they're a very creative family. Okay. Flamboyant even. Sure. So Martin Van Butchel, he trained as a surgeon under somebody called John Hunter and he was more interested, though, in dentistry. So he set up – remember, this is in the 1700s. So he set up a successful business as a dentist and maker of trusses. So this is a mixed business, which has always been one of my most favourite things. You know, when it's a milk bar, mixed but they business. also sell yes. rent videos out to you or something. Yeah.
2: And they do you photocopying and they make you fish and chips as well. Yes. Yeah. And mixed they also business. sell,
0: there's a couple of leather jackets for sale in the window too. <laughs> no, <I> really,
2: <laughs> Love it. Stop yeah, shop.
0: Correct. That's yeah. right. So this was a mixed business, dentistry and trusses, which I think from what I can tell is the, like a special underpant to hold up the, the ghoulies or something. Mm-hmm. not like trusses in a roof or a bridge, but hold it's for holding up. Corsets and garters, that sort of stuff. Anyway, his business was at Mount Street in Mayfair, which I know from having researched this by looking in a Monopoly box is a very fancy part of town because it's the most expensive, isn't it? It's the blue house. That's right, and it still is. And, uh, his fees were very high. It was two guineas for a consultation. A full set of false teeth cost 80 guineas. And he took out an ad in the St. James Chronicle that read, real or artificial teeth from one to an entire set with superlative gold pivots on strings, also gums, oh. sockets and palate formed, fitted, finished and fixed without drawing stumps or causing pain. Right. Okay. So he had a good reputation, Martin did. He was very much in demand and people seemed to like the fact that he was quite quirky. He refused to make house calls. In fact, he even advertised the fact. The ad said, I go to none and he once refused an offer of a thousand guineas to visit a patient at home. So he's as weird as fuck. He's, he's a, a bit of a character. He rode around London on a white horse that he had painted with purple spots. Black, what? Yep, black stripes, mm. or occasionally completely purple. He,
2: okay, this is where I say, like, people whose lives I just want to, I would want to live for one day, you know, yep. like people that just have no fucks. Yes,
0: mm. I love people like that. I wish I was one. I'm too conventional. Same,
2: same.
0: He rode right around town, long beard. Uh, he also carried a large bone attached to his wrist for protection. I don't get that either. <laughs> sure. I'm coming at you with my bone if you try and hit me. <laughs> he refused to call for his own children by name. He would whistle for them. Okay. He only allowed his wives to dress in either white or black, um, okay. and he always ate alone. Now he invented a few things that were actually quite smart. In his stirrups of his, when he was riding his horse, he li- did a thing where he lined them with cork so that his boots wouldn't slide off of them. And he designed an unusual bridle for his horse, which had a little blind that he could, like, pull it up or down so that it would cover his horse's eyes if oh. there was something he didn't want his horse to see. <laughs> and what, then he what? would lift the blind what? so the horse could see. that's
2: what, had a, what would he not want his horse to see?
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe if it got frightened or if there was another horse having sex and he was too young okay. to see that or something. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Martin had a wife. Her name was Mary. Now, she died at the age of 36. And before you assume, I think as far as I know, natural causes. She died in 1775. Martin decided to have her embalmed. So he contacted his teacher of surgery and anatomy, Dr. William Hunter, and Dr. William Cruikshank, who agreed to do the job. So there's no record of exactly why he wanted to preserve her body. It could have been that he just couldn't bear to be without her. But there was a theory that there was a clause in their marriage contract that while she was above ground, that he had more control over her property or something, something to do with her ah. wealth, and that if she was above ground – that he still had the rights to that. So some people said that he wanted to display her body in his shop to attract customers, but I actually don't believe that because he was really in demand anyway, so I don't think he needed to attract people. Um, So less than 12 hours after her death, they started doing their process to embalm her. They injected her with preservatives. They put some colour in her cheeks to give them a rosy glow, and they replaced her eyes with glass eyes, and they dressed her in a gown, and then they embedded the body in a layer of plaster of Paris in a glass-topped coffin and... Martin Van Butchel put the body on display in the window of his home and people came to see it. He referred to her as my dearly departed. So eventually Martin remarried and his new wife Elizabeth said she didn't want the old the ex or the dead first wife there. So they removed the body from the window. And he continued to practice as as a dentist for many, many years, took on his son as an apprentice. He died on October the 30th, 1814 at the age of 80. So in the year after his death... His son gave Mary's body to the Royal College of Surgeons and it was put on display in the Hunterian Museum in London, Um, but the embalming hadn't been done properly. So the body began to sort of deteriorate. And in 1857, a visitor described her as shrunken and hideous, but with a remarkably fine set of teeth, which you want from your dentist, don't you? Okay. Uh, And then in May 1941, after being on public display for 166 years, as part of the war, the the building was bombed and there was a fire and uh, thanks to the Germans, Mary Butchell's body was destroyed. There's a card still on display in the Museum of London which shows what it looked like when it was there. But I just want to mention one other quick one. Um, there was another early embalming. This one was 1832. Jeremy Bentham was a philosopher philosopher who was well ahead of his time and his body for many years was kept in a cabinet at the College, University College uh, London Student Centre. Um, but they, again, hadn't done a very – I have to – Oh, I've just dropped everything all over the floor. <laughs>
1: Good. <laughs>
0: uh, he requested that his head be mummified and the rest of his body be stuffed with hay and dressed with his clothes. So the head was taken separately, and that was mummified. And they did have that on display, but they had to hide it because somebody stole it at one point. But his body is on display in a glass cabinet in the student centre, but the head that's on the body is made of wax, not the mummified one that's somewhere separate. Okay. But you can still go and see that one in King's College. There you are. You can go back on the floor
1: now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do some feedbacks? Yeah, please.
0: Here you go. Well, I can oh,
1: picking up stuff off the
2: ground. Okay. <laughs> I've got... What have I got? I've got one here from Lauren. So Lauren says, I love your accents. I just found this podcast not too long ago. Very relaxing despite the topics. I'm from New York City and I have a dead body story or two. I'm not great at writing, so bear with me. Lauren says, so there was this guy I met a few times. We've hooked up and hung out. He started ghosting me and I shrugged it out. I think that means she just got over it. Then one day he asked me to hang out and he looked like absolute shit, like something was bothering him. He told me girl problems. Turns out he had a dead body rotting in his garage. So what had happened was he was on drugs. What? So what had happened was he was on drugs and the man he killed was a dealer, so he beat him in the head with a bat and robbed him, kept the body in the house for months, and in common, she does all summer, then decided one day to drag the body into the woods next to my house because we were kind of neighbours, and bury it. Then he told an officer, if I knew where a body was, can I get money for it? He killed someone, then ratted on himself. Have we already done this one? Yes, I think
1: this is, was this the prequel, familiar. and then she was like, we were like, we want more info, and I think maybe she wrote back. Yeah. Did she write back? She I did write this back. this is
2: more info. We didn't know this before. We've already done
1: that part.
2: Are you sure with all that detail?
0: I don't know. It sounds familiar, though. <laughs> Kirsten and I were both looking at each other like, that sounds familiar. Maybe I've sent you an old one.
2: Well, she says Keep going. there's another she said, I didn't personally know this person, but a woman where I live in New York was meeting a man for sex in exchange for money. They yeah, were kicked no, no, out no, we've of done hotel-
0: this one. We've done oh. that one. Yeah, scrap that one. Okay. Sorry, I must have sent you an old one. Sorry about that.
2: Have you got another one there? <laughs> I do. All right, just so we'll start by. from the
0: beginning of the whole feedback story again.
2: Uh, oh, here it is. I've just found it. She says, In response to my last email, you asked for more stories ah, about yeah, the mortuary. Yeah,
0: okay, all right, there we go.
2: Okay, so on feedback from Lauren, she says, hello, ladies, nice things, nice things. In response to my last email, you asked for more stories from the mortuary. Now, I've just finished episode 123, Staircase Deaths. Back in 2012, a case arrived from the coroner's court, a young male, maybe 28 years old. The unfortunate story behind his death was he was out on the town celebrating with friends on his buck's night and at some point decided to slide down the staircase railing at this nightclub this is like what happened to me sadly for him he flipped over the railing and landed on his head breaking his neck instantly killing him oh another case that came in from the coroner's court was a she just goes straight on she's like yep we've done that one and then she says Another case that came from the coroner's court was a woman that died on her honeymoon. The newly married couple had decided to take a hot air balloon ride only for it to go desperately wrong. The circumstances around her death seemed very shady to those that heard the story and left us all with many questions. Allegedly, the rope that was attached to the basket that was taking off had somehow become... Tangled around her neck, she began to asphyxiate. Eventually, her neck was broken when they were unable to get the balloon to the ground quick enough.
0: I just yes. What good comes from a hot air balloon thing?
2: Nothing. Nothing, right? No, she said, you're just hanging there. You're a sitting duck. She says she would love to hear more interesting stories of death by misadventure. I'm not sure how we top that. Nothing. Oh, no. How <laughs> thought no, she got nothing. Okay, all right. She says she has plenty <laughs> I more. You I thought no. your line had dropped out. <laughs> no, I was waiting for a reaction. Got nothing. nothing anyway. So she says she has plenty more to tell. Again, nice things, nice things. Stay well. Uh, um, I did my feedback at the top.
1: There's lots more, but hmm, we can probably leave it there. Kirsten is going to
2: wrap yeah. the episode Damn up it. again.
1: I thought you'd forgotten. It's fine. Um, all right. All right. <laughs> no, We're gonna make
2: on. cursed rap every episode from I'm gonna this point on. Give you a little so nice. something.
1: Just before we say goodbye,
0: we had a message from Mark and he sent us a message saying, Hey, letting you know I've seen over ten thousand dead bodies, maybe we can chat. Which sounds like a you know one of those DM ones or the face right? Can you are you can you chat? You know yeah. remember those? Uh, but no, I sent one back saying, "Hey Mark, intriguing. Uh, can you give us an idea what you can tell us?" He's come back with a phone number. So when we're we're capable of recording in a way that we can have his phone line on, uh, he says, "I started off as an embalmer when I was around 21 years old, which also oh. included collecting deceased persons of all types, natural causes." Homicides, suicides, car accidents. Then he went to work for the Institute of Forensic Medicine, et cetera, et cetera. He's been doing autopsies for 10 years. So, Mark, we're coming for you in a future episode. Oh, my
1: goodness. I know. I can't wait. That's it. Kirsten, do the wrap-up. Do it, Kirsten. (laughs) All right. right. Do it. That was another episode of Dead Bodies. You can uh, follow us on. This, woman, this is the woman who demands <laughs> that I be a professional on air. Come on, wrap it up, do this, uh, do that, do a time call, do a weather. Deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Yes! Yes!
0: Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.